Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Great to have you with us today. Um, some of our team are either on holidays or uh, Stuart and Suzanne and family are supporting Owen who had an accident this week. He's been in hospital so we just want to remember them in our prayers and um, pray for a speedy recovery. It sounds like it's going fairly well now which is good and um, we pray that we don't have another wave of COVID, don't we? We just, just pray against that and, you know, reject that. The easy way is just don't test. <laughs> we don't want to know. We just don't want to know. No one wants to know. Well, next week we're having our um, Christmas celebration service. We encourage you, invite friends, uh, come along. It's going to be a great morning. We're also re-welcoming back Russell and Rachel and our Aldinga tribe who are going to be joining us next week. And um, that's, that's going to be a great pleasure where throughout COVID, obviously it's been a tough time to plant a church, but they've done amazingly well. And um, we want to celebrate them next week as they come back. Uh, and due to a whole heap of reasons, which we're happy to explain to you more about down the track, uh, they're going to be rejoining us next year. And so the tribe is, is coming back as, as part of the house. And uh, we'll see what God wants to do in the future. But uh, it's going to be great to have um, Russell's feedback for me anyway. Um, I've missed him, but what a beautiful family and some of the other team members will be rejoining us as well here. So you'll see their faces and you can say hello, uh, but they've, they've done a brilliant job uh, and we just want to celebrate with them as well next week. Um, I'm just going to pray before we start. Lord, we thank you for your goodness to us as a house, as a people. We pray for your blessing upon your word, upon our time today together. We pray that you'd clear out stuff that needs to be cleared out. And bring your word and your truth into our hearts, into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. It's about the heart. That's what I want to share about today. It's about the heart. Have you ever had thoughts about what Jesus thinks of you? I was reading this week back um, through some scripture and where Jesus refers to some of the great men of God back, you know, Moses, Abraham, etc. And we'll go through a few in a moment, but he's referring back in history, back in time. And it just got me thinking, Jesus thought really well of those guys. And then I began to think about the lives of those guys. And the Bible talks a lot about their weaknesses and their failings and their doubts and their fears. And I'm thinking, well, if Jesus thinks that well of them now that they're gone, that means he can think of you and me quite highly, despite our faults, despite our weaknesses. And so I want to explore that a little bit in Matthew 17, verse 1 to 5. 
It says, six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, up on a high mountain by themselves. While they watched, Jesus' appearance was changed. His face became bright like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. Then Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you want, I'll put up three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While Peter was talking, a bright cloud covered them. A voice came from the cloud and said, This is my son whom I love, and I'm very well pleased with him. Listen to him. Hopefully it won't leak. I know that's what you're all thinking, so I've got to say it. We'll be fine. So here we see not only Jesus be glorified in a way by the Father and shown to be who he is to the disciples that were with him. And we, we see some great men of past appeared to be with Jesus on the mountain, Moses and Elijah. Now think about this for a moment. This is a very supernatural experience. It's an incredible miracle that the disciples are watching this. They're seeing Moses and Elijah and Jesus, but Moses and Elijah are dead, so they're not really there. They're kind of there in spirit form. Uh, and they're with Jesus, the Son of God. And so it's a supernatural moment. But Moses and Elijah were just men. So think about that for a minute. If Moses and Elijah, who were just men, and if you think about the life of Moses and Elijah, we know from the life of, let's just take Elijah for a moment, Elijah, when Jezebel came at him, ran in. He was panicked. He was scared. He wanted to die. He was filled with fear. He was just a man. Moses, apart from being a murderer, doubted himself, doubted his voice, doubted his leadership qualities, abilities. Qualities, that's a new word. I know that's what you're thinking as well, so... I find it easier to state out awkward things that are happening so that we just get it out there, if you haven't noticed. <laughs> but think about that. Elijah, just a man, did some supernatural things, but just a man had fears, had anxieties, doubted God, wanted to curl up and die. Ever had those feelings before? You're in good company. Because you will be joined with Jesus and you'll be transfigured and you will be glorified just like him and you will join him. Just like we see a little picture of here, Moses and Elijah were dead. But then we see what it's going to be like with Jesus. We will be changed. And there's a time coming where you and I, despite all our doubts, despite all our weaknesses, we will be connected with him in a way like never before. It will be a supernatural thing, but it will be more real than anything else. We will be changed. We will be glorified. We will be brought into that place. And why do I say all that? I say all that because the enemy would love you and me to think that because we doubt God in some areas that we're disqualified. Or that because we have some things that are hidden from other people and we're still struggling with that stuff, the enemy would come to us and say, see, you're no good. You're not qualified. For some of you, he might even tell you you're not even saved. But if you believe in Jesus, the Bible says, if you just believe, you're saved. Even if you've never been to an altar call, you never had one of those little booklets, never had a little handbag, never had a phone call, 
doesn't matter. The criminal on the cross who was minutes from death just turned to Jesus and said, I'd love to be with you in paradise. And he said, that moment, you're going to be with me in paradise. He didn't need to speak in tongues. Ever had anyone come up to you and try and force you to speak in tongues to get you to heaven? It's not the gospel. It's not the gospel. That criminal didn't speak in tongues. He didn't get baptized either. Crazy. Why? I love Janet's feedback as well, by the way. She's amazing. It's all about the heart. It's all about the heart. And see, I believe what Jesus was doing, apart from showing his disciples who would have become apostles something incredible and supernatural, but he, it was a picture of where we're going to be, but also a picture when we're joined to him, we become supernatural. We become something that we're actually not in the flesh. And so each and every one of us get to step into a realm that we might not feel like we're qualified for. But he is the one who brings us into that place. His faith, his life, his salvation, his healing brings us into a place that we're not qualified for. Hebrews 11 verse 2 says this, Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. Now the writer of Hebrews, maybe Luke, uh, actually is referring back to, again, the fathers in the faith. And so we, we actually get a snapshot that if Moses and Elijah and David, and you go through the list of them, you remember their flaws as well as their successes. All of them had incredible flaws, didn't they? Let's just look at one of them. Abraham, for a, for a moment. God promised Abraham that you will be the father of many nations. And, and he believed it and he took it. But 40 years later, when nothing was happening, there was no succession, no generation, no kids coming. What did he do? He went in the flesh, took another lady, and they then had a child. They had an Ishmael. And so... We can see here that even Abraham, in his faith and in his pursuit of the Lord, grew weary and doubted the Lord. And then an act in the flesh. And sometimes we've done that. Let me tell you, if you've ever done it, it doesn't mean you're disqualified from the promise. It might mean you've been derailed. I've been derailed plenty of times. I've seen that sometimes when we act in the flesh, when we produce an Ishmael, it delays the promise. It doesn't cancel it. And so you might have stepped out before and stepped out in the flesh in pursuit and just done some stuff and you might have created some Ishmaels. God can redeem them because his word never returns to him void. So it's out there. I read a quote, uh, I've forgotten by, it was one of the great fathers of prayer and he, he said that prayers never die. In other words, those prayers that have been uttered for generations and generations, they're not dead. They're still going around. They're still circulating. There's no Dubai day on them. There's no finale because God hears every word and his word doesn't return void. He comes good on his promises. He comes good. So if you've got promises that you're hanging on to today, hold on with both hands. Take hold of them even stronger than ever before because his word is his word and it's stronger than anything else. 
If he's given you stuff, make sure you've written it down. Habakkuk chapter 2, write down the vision. The one who reads it will run with it. Because when we write it down, we remember it. And we're telling our spirit, we're telling our body, remember what he said. That's for someone today. Remember what he said. And, and another thing I'm feeling on that for some of you sitting here today is that even though seasons come and go, the good season isn't over. The good season isn't over. God is a good heavenly father. Through faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation. It would be great to earn a good reputation, wouldn't it? And if we were to be referred to in days, you know, in the future, wow, even though they had their failings, they stood firm. They stood on God's promise. They saw amazing things. In the book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 22, and this passage here is when... um, Peter is basically giving a short history lesson to everyone who had gathered um, at the time. And you can read this passage and he really rattles off. If you ever want a snapshot of scriptural history, go to this particular passage where he just rattles it off. Really, you know, probably ad lib. He just rattles off a whole history. He mentions all the forefathers and then he comes up to current time. It's a really great read. And then he says, but God removed Saul and replaced him with David. A man about whom God said, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. He will do everything I want him to do. Now, just think of some of David's flaws. Just think of some of his flaws for a minute. If you think you've got flaws, think of some of David's flaws. If you think you're disqualified because of sin, think of David. If you think you have some fears and anxieties, read the book of Psalms. He wanted to curl up and die. His bones were aching because of the grief and anguish that was physically on him because of his sin. He was so bound in sin, he wanted God to just take him. So if you've ever felt not good enough, then just think of David. Because the scripture says of him, a man after my own heart, he will do everything I want him to do. I'm not saying God wanted him to do those wrong things. But ultimately, the stamp of God's word on his life was he did everything I want. That means he accomplished every promise I gave him. He accomplished the assignment that I put before him, even though he stumbled. He stumbled along the way, but for some reason, God doesn't see that. Because David repented. He turned from his sin. He wanted to be washed clean. God forgave him, and then he didn't see it anymore. And that's just like us. We might have had lives of turning away from the Lord. We might have had sin. We might have had doubts and fears and anxieties. But when we repent and we turn back to God, he doesn't see it anymore. What does he see? He sees the promise. He sees the son or the daughter that's right in front of him. And he says, that's one. That's one of mine. And I built them in my creation, in my image. They're after my heart. And so God has placed in each and every one of us his heartbeat, his promise. And we get the the time here on earth. We have an assignment to fulfill. 
We don't know how long it is. We don't know how short it is. But we have an assignment. And I would love for God to be able to say, when we go and meet with him, wow, that crew from Harvest Church, they were built after my own heart and they fulfilled their assignment. They fulfilled their assignment. They didn't get caught up on all their limitations. They didn't get caught up on all of their past stuff, all the stuff, the baggage. They knew how to repent. They knew how to turn away from their stuff and they went for the promise. And that's my encouragement for you today is go after the promise. The promise sometimes won't slap you in the head every day and do it for you because he gave you arms and legs for a reason. You need to go after the promise. It won't chase you down. You have to go after it. I, I, I hope you're not embarrassed, Celeste, but I saw you this week walking and you had your podcast. I think you were worshipping or something. You were storming and, and pacing around. I thought, that's, that's amazing. I love when I see people just getting out there and going after it because that's what we need to do with our promise. Because sometimes we think it's, it's going you know, to align with everything. It'll just come our way. And sometimes it does by God's sovereign mercy. But, but there's plenty of times, in fact, in my life, 99.999% of the time, I have to go after it. Because he's given us faith for a reason. He's given us abilities for a reason. He's given you a body for a reason. He's given you gifts and talents to do something with it. My encouragement today is go after the promise because you've got the heart already. We say it all the time. You're a great bunch of people. We're a hungry bunch of people. What are we going to do with it? Are we going to go after the promise? Are we going to go after the promised land? Or are we going to settle and, and just say, wow, this is really good? Or our feeling for 2023 and beyond is that things are going to shake in a good way. I know sometimes when you say there's going to be a, a shaking, it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm thinking about a good shaking, a good shaking. In fact, I've said that to the Lord. If you're going to shake us, make it good. We need it. It's got to be good. But in that shaking, he puts a question to each and every one of us who are all stewards of the gifts and talents that he's given us. Every single one of us, a question, are you going to go after the promise? What does it look like? I want us just to think for a moment of a few. You might think of Mary, uh, a good example. In John chapter 12, verse 3, Then Mary took a 12-ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and then she anointed Jesus' feet with it, wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with a fragrance. And then there was some complaining from, some, from Judas Iscariot, actually. And Jesus replied to him, Leave her alone. She did this in preparation for my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. There's a season where God is on things. And we've got to recognize the season when God is on it and pour out the perfume. Mary was one who had seven demons. I read, uh, actually, it was a Catholic report. And, you know, some of the Catholic uh, reports are really good because they're really detailed on, on the past saints. And obviously, Mary Magdalene's one of their saints. And so they've done a lot of research. And one of these reports was saying she was tormented physically, psychologically. And she, so she's one of those people you'd look at and go, okay, she is crazy. She was probably locked up or, you know, confined or, you know, it was pretty bad. Seven demons. And they'd taken over. Jesus freed her from the seven demons and now here she is pouring out the perfume. It doesn't matter what your past is. 
You might have had seven demons. Demons, whatever it looks like, whatever your demons of the past are, don't let Satan rob you of pouring out the perfume in the hour of Jesus. Because the hour of Jesus is right now. It's right now. We don't know what's going to happen in a year's time, in two years' time. And if you're like me, you're like a little bit of a conspiracy. I've had to kind of dial down because I get a bit crazy. And I'm like, you know, some, sometimes this stuff just, just gets crazier and crazier. And it's like, who can come up with the craziest thing? And so even that, we have to dial down and remember that Jesus is on the throne. Jesus is on the throne. And so we want to in this hour, I want the worship team to come up. We want to in this hour make the most and pour out his perfume, pour out our perfume to him as an offering. But it does require something. You've already got the heart. We've ascertained that already. I think you're self-assured enough as a church to know, okay, we're a pretty good bunch of people. I see some smiles and some hands waving, some cheers. You're a pretty good bunch of people. Humble as well. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do? Are we going to pour out the perfume? Are we going to seize the hour when Jesus is with us, so to speak, just like Mary Magdalene did here? Or are we going to be limited by the past? Oh, this, that, and the other. I got hurt here. I did this. I failed here. I'm not good enough. And all these thoughts and all these seven demons that might come back. Or will we seize the moment when Jesus is with us and he's right before us right now today? Right now today, he's here in this room. And just like Peter, we remember the life of Peter. I mean, Peter was the one that Jesus said, addressing Peter on this rock, because the name Peter means rock, I will build my church, the whole church. Stems, obviously, from Jesus, who is the ultimate rock, but he built it through Peter. What did Peter do? Peter denied he even knew Jesus in front of people three times. Just outright, flat, nah, I'm not one of his tribe. Don't look at me. Tried to bury his head back on his Nintendo. Just don't look at me. You can see him, can't you? Just like, no, no. Cover, pulls the hoodie over, just keeps going. I don't want to be associated. That's the same Peter that Jesus pointed to and said, you're going to build it, mate. I wonder how many of you sitting here right now who have had seven demons, who have had doubts, anxieties, fears, promises broken, maybe you've created a few Ishmaels along the way, maybe you've had some doubts, Maybe you've had some David moments where you've gone off track. You've looked at other things, you've doubted, you've, you've, you're not good enough. Let's face it, none of us are. <laughs> That's the good news. But then we have these moments where we recognize he's freed us from all of that. We might still be carrying some of the baggage along the way, as happens in life, because we're not perfect yet, we'll be perfect then. We're not perfect yet, so we might still have to walk through some challenges. That's the journey of human life. But ultimately, Jesus wants your perfume. I want you to stand this morning. I think I missed out a whole batch there this morning, but that's, I'm not hearing anyone complain. 
particularly from my family quarters. They've been clear with me on time constraints. Family can do that, can't they? Why don't you lift your hands, close your eyes. You might have come in the room this morning not feeling like coming to church. That's fine. Every single believer has that moment every now and then where they're just like, I can't be bothered. I don't really want to just put on a cheesy grin and I'm feeling terrible, really. It's okay. Give it to him. Give it to him. He's the real one. He's more real than you and me. You might have delayed the promise. You might have altered the promise. You might have forgotten the promise. You might have laid down a whole lot of stuff. It doesn't really matter. You're in really good company. You might have denied him like Peter. You might have had a challenging past like Mary. You might have questioned yourself and your own abilities like Moses. You might have created Ishmael's like Abraham. You might have questioned whether God can even come through and you might have even run away from him like Elijah. These are great men and women of God. You're in good company today. You're in good company right now. I wonder if he's looking at you saying, I want to continue to build my church on you. I want to continue to build my church on you. Because it was a recurring statement. He started with Peter, but we're part of the promise. Because we're part of the church. We're part of his bride. So we're going to worship for a couple of minutes and I just want you to give him everything this morning. I want you to release that old stuff, release the doubts and fears and I want you to worship him and stretch forth and take hold of the new and begin by, the, by your spirit to step into the new, to step into the promise because the promise is in your hands. I want to give you some scripture that backs that up. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. It's not very far away, is it? The kingdom of God is in your hands. There's the modern English version. The kingdom of God is in your hands right now. So let's lift our hands and let's begin to worship Him. And let's begin to take hold of that promise and step into that promise.